0: You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. That's good. It's awesome. All right. This is the last week in the Freedom Series, and it's been uh, set up well. Who uh, enjoyed Pastor Earl last week? Yeah, it was good. I read his notes. And then I heard Pastor Keith's preach from Central last week. So good. So we are going to wrap this baby up. And I am looking forward to it. Hey, it's good to be back. Hey, we had a really good holiday. A week in Sydney and then a week at home. And I had a bit of a quick trip to the Gold Coast with my brother. That was really hard to do. It's really tough. Um, No, it's good. It's really good. But it is like uh, Beck said earlier. It's good to be home, isn't it? Yeah. So good. You are home. You are our home. You know? When you find where you're meant to be, when you find where God pl- plants you, that just becomes home, doesn't it? You know? So good. And all the Alive Sundays, guys, are you, are you going out or are you staying in today? They're in today. Ah, oh, you get to hear me preach. I'm just going to delete all of the uh, references to my children. No, just kidding. Just kidding. So let me recap over the last couple of weeks and... Um, because there's been some really, really great truths that have been shared over the last couple of weeks. Who would agree? Who's been here? Who hasn't missed one? You know, who's been catching up on the podcast? You know, a bit of that here and there as well. It's good. Um, so what we heard, uh, a couple of weeks ago was that our freedom is the greater truth. So there is, uh, there's levels of our lives. There's levels at which we live and, um, it's the truth that is actually more dominant in the Word of God uh, that's, that, that actually exists above our circumstances. Who just loves living according to your circumstances? Isn't that like a roller coaster ride up and down all over the shop? Uh, it's so good to know that our freedom is a greater truth in our circumstance. Your circumstances, they're real, they're very real, but then they, they have to submit to this. Greater thing called the truth of the word of God. Pastor Keith said that freedom is our birthright. I love that. Freedom belongs to you. Whether you are walking in the fullness of it or not, it's yours. It's your birthright as a child of God. It begins the moment you are saved and the idea is that it keeps growing, it keeps growing, and you keep becoming more and more and more free as your life in God deepens and continues. Who would like to experience a little bit more freedom? Anyone? There's five of us are going to experience freedom today. No, you know, and, and, and you have probably started or continued your journey a couple of weeks ago as we started talking about this. And, uh, and I'm just, I'm, I'm just believing that there's going to be some significant moments at the end of the service today when lights are going to be coming on all over, all over the shop, and the whole, like I, like I just prayed, the Holy Spirit uh, is going to help us to apply truth to our lives because freedom is not, uh, is not a, it's not a default. It's not a default that you will walk in it. It, uh, it doesn't happen when, when someone prays. For you to experience freedom. I'm sorry, that's not how it works. Freedom happens when you get a revelation of what's yours and when you partner with the Holy Spirit to apply the truth to your life. That's how freedom happens. It's not like a magic wand. We don't just hit you with freedom. Boom, there it is. You, know, you might experience a great moment, but lasting freedom is a result of the application, the right application of the truth of God according to the Spirit of God in your life right all right. Uh, i just wanted to nail that right then and there i don't know what's been said here last two weeks uh to be exact all right so the the, the next thing that, that i want to recap on is that the, is that the will of god is for your wholeness so the will of god is that you would be completely whole completely free completely transformed so one thessalonians uh, five, verse twenty-three, twenty-four. It's on the screen. It says, "May God Himself, the God who makes everything whole, whole, sorry, holy and whole, make you holy and whole. Put you together, spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of our Master Jesus Christ. The one who called you is completely dependable. If He said it, He'll do it. All right. That's cool. That's um, the paraphrased version of the message." So here's the here's the question I, wanted, I want us to try and wrap up today. Why then do we struggle with freedom? Why then if Christ has purchased our freedom and it's the will of God for me to be free, for me to be whole, then why don't I walk in it every single day? Why don't I walk in the fullness of it all the time? It's been bought for me. It's mine. It's my birthright to walk in freedom because Jesus has paid for it with his blood. So why do I struggle with it? Anyone else with me on that one? I'm just going to preach for myself today, all right? You're all looking at me going, yeah, it's just you. Yeah, yeah, it's just you. Because it can feel a bit like you're not free sometimes. Anyone resonating with that? Anyone go? I feel like I'm not totally free all the time. Right. I'm not free from this negative thinking about myself you know i'm not free from this habit of sin or this way that i react to people when they say that to me i'm not free from that you know i'm not free from how i put myself down or the you know the temptations that are always in front of me anyone like chocolate we've already talked about chocolate today i'm not free from the burden of chocolate all right uh i'm not sure that's one i want to become free from anyway Thanks, Cadbury. Uh, How come, if Jesus has paid for my freedom, do I not walk in it? That's what we're going to try and answer today. So I've got three points, as every good sermon does. And the first one is this one. If you're writing notes, write it down. Life from the outside in equals hopelessness. Life from the outside in means I become hopeless. Can we put that first diagram up? That'd be great. So you might have seen this over the last couple of weeks. This is a a diagram of pretty much how it works. This is pretty much how it works. We have body, soul, and spirit. You've got your body, you've got your outside body, which is where we experience life. It's where we experience everything. We, we, we experience circumstances and accusations and attacks and temptation, and they, they, they're all kind of external to us. They affect us. We can see them. We experience them. We can hear them. They're, they're outside of us, but they influence us and they affect us. Firstly, it, it affects this area of the body, and then it goes into our soul. Then our soul, which is our mind, and our will, and our emotions, gets affected by whatever's happened to us, right? So in, in our soul, we make choices, we, make, we, 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 we think thoughts, that's our mind, and it's where we dwell on the accusations that have come against us. Anyone ever been accused of anything that kind of hung around on you for a while? You know... Someone at work said something and it kind of got under your skin or the next door neighbor said something to you and it kind of rubbed you the wrong way or someone of influence like a leader or a pastor said something to you and you're like, I'm never forgiving you for that. Who's ever been there? Like You're like struggling because of what some, some accusation that's come and now it resides in your soul as this perpetual cycle that just keeps going and going and going. So the problem with that is that then, eventually, it changes our will. It changes the choices that we make. It changes how I live, how I respond, how I exist on planet Earth. It changes how I behave. So the things that we experience, if we're living from the outside in, if I'm experiencing terrible stuff, it's, effect, it's, it's, it's going to affect how I live and how I behave. It's a terrible way to live. But it's, what, it's, what we are, it's how we are conditioned to live. We choose either to live rightly in connection with God according to what He has said, according to how He has shown us how to live and how to love each other, or we choose to sin and reject God's closeness. But what have we got to work with? We've got all this external stuff that's happening to us. There's not enough money in my bank account. Oh my goodness, I'm freaking out. Oh my goodness, this is a terrible situation. This situation is hopeless. How are we going to survive? How are we going to move forward? And so my soul becomes this this place of turmoil and challenge and ah, and this big mess. and, and, And what ends up is a feeling of hopelessness. You might get betrayed by someone i think did you talk about that a couple of weeks ago a bit of betrayal stuff no all right don't worry so i'll share that um well i mean there's there's a few things that really contribute to this and one of them is betrayal when you're betrayed by a friend one of them is unforgiveness you know when it gets into bitterness and one of them is just plain old insecurity you know, I'm insecure about this, I'm insecure about my future, I'm insecure about, about who I am. So you can see, like living from the outside in, it's it's when I'm allowing these circumstances, temptations, accusations, all these external things to dictate to me how it's gonna be. That's 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 how we're living, right? And like I said, this is a terrible roller coaster of a journey. When things are good, when things are great on the outside, when my marriage is good and there's money in the bank account and the kids are semi-behaving, you know, I'm like happy. I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. Life is good. We've hit the flow. And then all of a sudden something happens and my life hits rock bottom again. There's a massive bill we weren't expecting. There's a sickness I wasn't anticipating. Someone accused me of this and now my, my soul has turned to turmoil to this tumultuous mush inside of me where I can't really get clarity on anything because of all the chaos that's going on in there. See, um, can you put up the next slide where it just says circumstances shake us, accusations haunt us, and the enemy tricks us. (coughs) Let's talk about that last one for a minute because this uh, I'm a firm believer that the enemy doesn't need to do a lot. He just stirs the pot that's already spinning. The enemy, I'm I'm a firm believer that the enemy kind of comes in, you know, like a flood sometimes when stuff's already happening and he just kind of twists the knife a little bit further. The, The devil just loves to sow a bunch of seeds. He will scream at you, who do you think you are? Do you really have the right to do this? He will say to you things like, you will never overcome in this area. You'll never find true breakthrough. He will attack you. He will lie to you. He will try and deceive you so that you never walk in true freedom. It's it's true. I'm a walking testimony of the freedom of God. But it's not without effort. And it's not without process, it's not without struggle, and it's not without guidance and counselling and a lot of prayer, a lot of years. You know what the devil will say to you? He will say, oh, Cedric, you you, you blew it again, so now you're going to have to start from the beginning to get your breakthrough again. Isn't that true? Isn't that what he says? Isn't that what he says? He says, he says, you, you, you said that you forgave that person, but you still had a bad thought about them. You better start at the beginning. The devil even lies about the process. He lies exactly. He's trying to deceive you into thinking that what is yours is not really yours. You know? How many times have I heard the devil say to me, Darren, it's the same old, same old. It's the same old, same old. And I go, What? I've had a long standing friendship with insecurity, but we broke up. We broke up. You know, I just said, ah, You're not good for me. You're not actually that good for me anymore. Um,. But you know what? Insecurity stole freedom from me for 20 years. Over 20 years. And I'm not happy about that. <laughs> because the devil is called the father of lies. He lies for a living. But they're not, really, uh, they're not really dark, black lies that you will think, oh, I couldn't possibly believe that. They're just slight... Significant distortions of the truth. And so once you start to believe a slight distortion of the truth, then he can distort it a little bit further and a little bit further until you're believing a full blown lie about who you are and what you have and who God is and how much he loves you and all of the above. I mean, the devil came to Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 2. And you know what he said to Eve? He said, did did God really say that? Did God really say that you were going to have breakthrough? Did God really say that you were totally forgiven? Did God really say, I'll never, never leave you nor forsake you? Did God really mean that when he said that? Doesn't the devil just like to come at us with, did God really start that breakthrough in you? Did God really move on you, or was that just a bit of emotionalism? That was a bit hypey, wasn't it? I mean, you just kind of got caught up in it, and then you haven't really got breakthrough. You've just got a nice moment back there. The devil loves to just make us doubt God, make us question God. He loves us to question God's word to us by lying to us. You know, when the devil, I was talking to Pastor Keith about this. When the devil came into the Garden of Eden and spoke to, Adam and, uh, spoke to Eve and talked to her about the tree, you know what? He didn't have any right to be there. He didn't have any dominion. He didn't have any authority. Adam and Eve had it. So the devil comes to us with no authority in our lives, with no dominion over our soul, no dominion over us, but he'll still throw these little lies and these little mistruths at us because he wants us to question the Word of God. He wants us to question the work of God in our hearts and the Word of God. Did God really say that? You know what he says to Eve in Genesis 3:5? <coughs> the, the devil says, For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. That's what he said. You will be like God, knowing good from evil. Here's the trick. She was already like God. She's already been made in God's image. And now the devil is putting doubt over the whole thing. Am I really like God? Maybe I should sin in order to become more like God. The devil is, 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 is crafty and, and wording things so that you and I will have a misstep that will lead to a slippery slope so that we end up in pain, separated from God, right? The enemy wants you to be in doubt because one of, the, one of the most important things in the kingdom is faith. And doubt is an opposite to faith. When you believe, when you know the truth, the truth sets you free, right? But i got to believe it. This is really all about right belief. Do you know that uh, when you agree with the devil who has no authority over you, when you agree with the devil, you empower him in your life. True. Dr. Neil T. Anderson said this, Satan has no power over you except what you give him by failing to take every thought captive and thus being deceived into believing his lies. This all comes down to what you believe. It all comes down to right belief. All right, let's recap before I move on to point two. Circumstances shake us, right? Accusations haunt us and the enemy tricks us. I mean, no wonder I find it hard to live in freedom. Because if I'm living from the outside in, I don't have a standard of security. I I, I don't have an unshakable foundation by which to be secure in all the time. So number two, grace and truth are greater than hopelessness. Grace and truth are greater. See, every time you live from the outside in, you are always moving towards hopelessness. Always. And this is when I live and I believe and I act and I, I think that this situation is hopeless, that there is no possible way. And you know what? Whenever, I, whenever I'm in a place of hopelessness, I am agreeing with the devil that I am powerless and God is powerless to change my situation. What I'm actually saying by believing that I'm hopeless, by believing that the situation is hopeless, I'm actually declaring, not in a vocal sense, but to myself, I'm declaring God is powerless to change my life right now. Now, we, we, we don't say that out loud, but that's what's happening on the inside of us. That's why betrayal and bitterness and insecurity, they always lead us. And, and so much stuff in, in life can be put down to insecurity. They always lead us to a place of no hope. How can, this thing baffles me, right? How can Christians who have been saved by Jesus' blood and resurrection, who have been walking with God for, I don't know, 10, 20, 30 years, how can we still be wrapped up in chains? It baffles me. It's because we, we've been trained to live from the outside in. I just want to say as well, this is my personal revelation, insecurity is always a result of not walking in your true identity. Always. Every time I'm insecure about something, you, you know when you get insecure, you kind of get a little bit anxious, you know, you're kind of like, ah. Uh. You see something, something happens, and and it's it's the outside-in principle, isn't it? Something happens on the outside, and you go, oh, what are we going to do? There's always another way. There's always a better way, a way that leads to freedom. To live in grace, which is connected in relationship with God, and walk in truth. Okay, and this is what, let's, let's, let's flip the script a little bit. Let's flip it around. What does living from the inside out look like? We've talked about living from the outside in and Pastor Earl talked about that last week as well and he talked about a right posture and learning to have the right posture and he talked about that being in relation to his osteopath that's now teaching him how to sit up properly. How do you sit properly? I think I need that osteopath to have a chat with me. But let's talk about what it looks like to live from the inside out for a minute, okay? So I'm living from my spirit, not from my circumstance, right? Let me give you a a bit of a, a demonstration. This is how it plays out, okay? You have a hopeless situation. You can't possibly change the situation of your own accord, whether it's someone's betrayed you, you're feeling insecure, you've got a massive bill that's come in, you can't possibly pay it, all this stuff, anything that makes you feel insecure and hopeless, has happened to you. And so what we tell ourselves is, it's hopeless, I can't get out of it, I can't possibly move beyond this thing that's going on. And we declare our lack and we declare God's lack, well like we just said, Right? The difference, if you're living from the inside out, is that truth has a bigger say than my circumstance. What has been placed within me, can we put that that, um, image back up again? See, the Holy Spirit resides in your spirit, and He is the spirit of truth. So He's also a spirit of power. So the Holy Spirit then refreshes our thinking on what truth is, and then gives us the power, the grace, to apply that and walk in it. This is the difference between living from the outside in and the inside out, is that the Holy Spirit is residing in there, guiding me, helping me, strengthening me, challenging me, empowering me, showing me truth, guiding me into all truth, right? So instead of me looking at the hopeless situation, I look at truth and says, hang on a minute, I'm a child of God, I always have hope in every situation that I'm in. And so this hopeless situation works its way in to our emotions and our soul and our feelings, right? And how do you feel? I feel useless. I feel powerless. You know, anyone ever felt like that about a situation? I'm like, I'm totally useless in this situation. What the heck? Right? Well, then the Holy Spirit brings truth into that. And he says, hang on a minute. You're loved by God. You're accepted by God. You have his acceptance. Right? His acceptance overrides this level of uselessness and powerlessness because now I've got God on my side. Anyway, let's keep going. Mind and thoughts. It moves into this place of the soul and then our mind goes crazy, doesn't it? Who's who's, who's an overthinker? Anybody an overthinker? All the women, put your hand up. Right, okay. Uh, Lots of us overthink things, right? We we move into a zone and then... Then it happens and we start to overthink it. Even I do it. And we start to think of things like, well, what is the point of even trying to change it? Isn't that the the depth of hopelessness? When When I resign myself to the situation and I agree, what's the point of even trying right now? Well, hang on a minute. What does truth say? If I'm living from the inside out, Truth says, well, hang on, I can do all things through Christ It gives me strength. It's not just a nice Christian throw out line. It's the word of God. And then sadly, what then can happen is that my will can change. My choices can change as a result of the situation. But the truth says that I will live by the Spirit and walk in step with the Spirit can you see the two different responses here? Um, anyone watch the Matrix movie? Okay, yeah, I watched it with my boys. Like, There's like three of us who've seen the Matrix. Are you kidding? We need to have a public screening. This is really bad. Uh, <coughs> um, like, we, we, me and my boys watched it the other day. Very good. It's probably about the 19th time I've seen it, legitimately. Um, so Morpheus says to Neo... I'm just trying to free your mind. Okay, Morpheus has taken Neo on this journey into this this place where he's trying to teach him the truth about the world. Kind of just think back to the Matrix right now, okay? The the idea is that we're all stuck in this this system and I'm not going to explain it. It's just going to take me forever. Anyway, watch the movie. It's great. Morpheus is trying to teach him that the world that he knows is not true. And he's trying to show him how the world really is. That's what this is. This is trying to show you how the world really is. But it's a journey. It was a journey for Neo to even accept the truth before he started to believe who he was in that journey. And Morpheus is believing that he's the one who's going to save the world. And he can't even agree with the fact that the Matrix is fake. And so he goes on this journey where he discovers who he is and he he begins to walk in free. Remember the scene at the end of the movie where the agent has come at him and he's like blocking all his punches and he's doing these ones and he's not even paying any attention to the guy. He's like fully empowered in who he really is and now I can defeat you and you're nothing. You know, it's how do we walk in this fullness of belief as to who we are? It's by living according to this. It's by resting in who God has revealed us to be according to his word. See, number three, living from the inside out actually equals freedom. Galatians five, one on the message. I'm gonna try and wrap this up really fast. It says, Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. I love that. How then, because we've talked about what it means to do it, but how do you actually do it day to day? I want to talk about a a, a principle Andrew Farley came up with in, in his book, Heaven is Now. And it's the principle of, of, of setting your soul in a direction. This is going to sound a bit weird for a minute, all right? So stay with me. I'm not going new age on you. Listen to this. He said this in his book. It's Andrew Farley, Heaven is Now. He said, our soul is like a mirror that can reflect anything at any given time. Our soul doesn't give us our spiritual nature, Instead, it merely reflects the nature of something else in a given moment. This is why we can walk either according to the Spirit, reflecting Christ, or according to the flesh, reflecting sin in any moment. These occur as we set our minds one way or the other, angling the soul mirror. Okay, can we put up that uh, image again, right? So... My soul is just like a mirror. So it's just going to reflect what I point it towards. If I point it towards my body, then I'm going to be living from the, from the outside in. Because everything that's outside of me is getting into my soul and it's affecting how I live right? Because in my soul is my will, my mind and my emotions. But if I actually turn my my soul mirror and, and point it to my spirit, then everything that is in there, every single spiritual blessing in Christ that I have received, Ephesians 1, is going to start being reflected into my soul. Everything the Holy Spirit is trying to teach me and show me and empower me and free me is going to be reflected in my soul. My soul, I'm going to start living a very different life if I angle and point my soul into my spirit where the Holy Spirit lives and where truth resides. This seems like it's way more powerful for me than for you. Think about it. Think about it. This is not this new age weirdo concept. This is just how the soul works. And our problem is that because we grew up in the world... We've always had our souls set on the world. I can think of a hundred people right now who are living to try and be more and more and more like the world. Because they want to be accepted. And they don't have Christ in their heart, in their spirit. So they've got nothing else to go on. But when you get saved, what's in your spirit dramatically changes in an instant. Everything that Christ has done for you comes and lives and resides in your spirit. All of it. You are completely accepted by God. You are totally free. You are totally forgiven. You've been given every spiritual blessing in Christ. And it all resides in your spirit. And then the Holy Spirit comes inside of you and dwells and lives so that you can start to walk out those things. And He starts to guide us into those things. He starts to reveal who you really are. He starts to reveal what God has done for you. The power of the cross you know, becomes so much more real when, when the Holy Spirit reveals things to us. And and so the the journey of freedom is the the decision to switch the angle of my soul, to not just reflect everything, all the circumstances, all the accusations, all the temptations that are outside of me, but to live with my soul facing to my spirit. Thank you, Lord. So then, I just need to live with my heart set you know, let us set our hearts at rest in his presence. And how do I do that? Oh man, this is, I've only got 10 minutes. I mean, in fact, I'm, I've got three less than, I've got minus four minutes. Um, <coughs> when I was in the army, one of the greatest moments was that they gave us a machete. That was, that was the greatest moment in the, in the army for me. They actually said, this is yours, you have a machete. And I was like, this is the greatest moment of my life, I have a machete, this is awesome. And then they, then they took us to Kanungra, which, which is hell on earth, which is like where we did jungle training for about two weeks, and I, it was the worst experience of my life. But one of the things we got to do was when we were setting up camp, it was, it was like the jungle. So like you had to create a path, there was no paths anywhere, you had to hack a path with your machete. So we had to create a pathway that went all the way around the platoon, and a a, a string that went all the way around, and and create uh, basically like an archway, so that when I was following the string, because there's no stars in the jungle, in the middle of the night, it is pitch black, you cannot see anything, and you can't use a torch, right? So we are following, I'm just walking around in the middle of the night, no torch, no anything, and I'm following this string to find out where I've got to go, and then I... Reach forward and grab the next string that takes me where I'm going to go. But we had to hack away this path so that we could find the destiny, find where we were meant to be. And this is exactly what we need to do. We need to create new pathways in our lives, new pathways, new places. You know, get your spiritual machete and hack away some of the old ways that you used to think. Hack away some of the old ways that you used to respond. When there's, a, when there's no money in the bank account, I need, to, I need to think, hang on a minute, what is the truth that the Holy Spirit wants me to, to dwell on right now? What is the truth about who I am in this situation? Because that is going to change everything. Everything on the outside will change if I learn to live from my spirit out, not from my body in. Yeah. So I need to create new pathways, and then I need to have a heart agreement with truth. Not just, I, don't, I don't just want to recite truth off my tongue. That's a powerful way to start, but if it ends there, then it's just rote. It just becomes words that I'm recanting all the time. Blah, blah, blah. You know, like what we said before, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I'm a Christian robot. You know, like, how many times have you said that, but it means nothing to you? All right, but it's truth. So I need to have a heart agreement with the truth. I don't just want to have a mental, you know, kind of relationship with it. I need to have a heart agreement. Listen to what Bill Johnson says. He says, Truth by nature is the transforming power of God to instill freedom in the life of those who embrace it. It could be said that freedom exists in a person's life to the degree he embraces truth from the heart. It's more than a mental agreement to a concept called truth. It's the heartfelt yes to a way of life. Whoa. And this is what Neo was struggling with in The Matrix. He couldn't agree with it. He was like, no, I don't agree. I don't believe it. Lastly, we need to walk with Him, know him, and walk with him. See, this is never just about, you know, this concept of redirecting our soul or, uh, or you know, recanting words off a page. This is about you and God. This is about you knowing God for yourself. This is about you walking in relationship with Him for yourself. Not, you know, not relying on someone else's faith to prop you up, but you having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ yourself. Okay? This is what it's about. Because my identity is not found in a gap year. My identity is not found through a personality test. It's just not. Those things are wonderful and helpful sometimes. But my identity is found in Christ. In him. So I need to go to God to find who I am. My freedom is not found by just recanting stuff. My freedom is found in him. So I have to go in him to find it. Yesterday I'm I'm running. I'm on a run. It was particularly difficult because I'd been at the movies eating a lot of sugar. (laughs) So in my struggle of my run. I feel the Father say to me, I'm here. I'm with you. I'm like, can you help me out? This is really tough. No, I just felt so good. Like the Father was saying, even when you're out doing something that's purely physical, I'm with you. I will never leave you. You know, but it was the Father saying it to me. It wasn't me just recanting something or reciting something. It was the Father speaking to me, in my moment, in, an, in a moment of, I was a bit anxious about today, to be honest. Let me put it out there. In your real anxious moments, that's when we turn to the Father. That's when we look inside and ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, you've got to help me out today. It's about walking with Him.